to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to have a conversation around what's going on in the cattle markets right now, uh, both in the fed cattle, feeder cattle, what's happening with cold cows and bulls, and then also as we look at the calf market. And to discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Caitlin McCulloch, who's the Director and Senior Economist at the Livestock Market Information Center. Thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Caitlin, the cattle markets have really been an interesting thing to watch over the last eight to 10 months. We saw a lot of strength, especially recently in the fed cattle market. And that's also translated into a lot of strength in the coal cow, coal bull market. And those things have trickled down to the feeders and calves. As you look at what's going on right now, what's the Livestock Market Information Center thinking in terms of outlook for markets as we go through the rest of 2023? Well, you know, it really has been wild to watch, Aaron. And at least six months ago, we were thinking maybe we would be in more of a recessionary type of perspective, and that really hasn't come to fruition. And some of that has come through in beef demand, as you've mentioned, and trickled through down through the supply chain. And and so some of that pause or, or stuttering in beef demand that we were expecting really doesn't seem like it's happened. We've moved up our forecast across the board in terms of price points for this year and next year. But I think the overlying fundamentals is still that the the U.S. beef herd is in contraction and that we're not expecting that to turn around until probably closer to 2025. And so what you have is still this probably escalating price pattern that's going to continue for the next you know two years or so. Now, the million dollar question is how high do we get before consumers push back? And I'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, but you asked me what our forecasts are currently. So I'll go ahead and go through those. You know, we're very close to what USDA is putting out at this point from a beef production standpoint. We're down about 4% year over year in 2023 and about 7.6% next year in 2024. Uh, what that's going to do to prices is we're expecting about a 20% increase in the annual average for fed cattle in 2023 and another 15% increase next year. And so that gives me something that looks like mid 170s as an annual average, which as you might guess, if you've been watching the Fed cattle market means we're expecting some weakness to still happen over the summer. And the million dollar question is what happens after 4th of July? We've seen a lot of early strength here, much stronger than we would have anticipated heading into this time period. But does that price back off once we hit August and September? So that's one of the things we're watching right now. That's probably going to be fairly dependent on what box beef does. And those prices, uh, I think I checked yesterday on, on 614, uh, the afternoon price came in just under 340 uh, per hundredweight for choice. I would expect that to come down. But how big that reset is, is really what we're all looking towards. You know, do we expect a substantial decline? No, but could it get back below $3 a pound? Yes, possibly. And what that will do to the fed cattle market remains to be seen. On the feeder cattle prices, we had a huge run-up as grass prospects hit this spring. And those high, high price points really have continued to hold in most of the cash markets. Now, at least in my neck of the woods, which is Denver, we've gotten a ton of moisture here in, in May. And that's allowed those thoughts and processes to continue plenty of forage available right now, with the exception of there's not a lot of stored forage, right? If you look at May 1 hay stocks, 
Those were down considerably, some of the lowest on record at this point nationally. But pockets, you know, pockets and regions do have different scenarios when it relates to that. And so from a national perspective, you have these belts of moisture and then these areas that are still fairly dry. In Nebraska, I would consider fairly dry still at this point, and Kansas, and then at least some of Texas and Oklahoma still looking very dry as well. And so the feeder cattle market's been playing off this grass, grass on the calf side maybe for a little bit. Now that we're looking towards summer, that might change. Um, but the other big break that happened for the feeder cattle was that prospective plantings came in that we're going to plant plenty of corn and USDA is calling for a new record high yield, which should give us corn price below five bucks per bushel. Now we're not that optimistic on corn, but we still have a pretty big relief in terms of feed costs priced in for next year. And so I think those feeder cattle prices are pricing off some of that optimism related to both breaking in the drought as well as those lower feed costs. And so if I if I look at where we are for seven to eights and we're we're a little we model ours off the Southern Plains price, so a little bit south of where you guys are at here in Nebraska, we have about a 215 per hundred weight annual average price in seven to eights this year and a 270 average price for next year. Now for five to six weights, we are coming in at an annual average of about 240. For this year and about 285 for next year. We do have, um, you know, those prices not maybe not continuing to escalate. And some of that's going to depend here on what happens with fed cattle in the next couple months. So the other prices that have been really good here recently is anybody who's taken coal cows, coal bulls to market have found those have dollared up very well. So on the, the ground beef side, there's been a lot of demand as well. Yes. So the interesting thing across the meat market is how different cuts have behaving and consumer pushback can be a can be a funny thing. If you think about what retail prices did back in 2021 is our is our most recent record high. And from an aggregate perspective, we're very close to that number. But different cuts have done different things within that time frame. One of the ones we're watching is the ribeye that's hit some pretty high levels and then sharply come back down. We're nowhere close to what those levels were. But the other thing to keep in mind is back in 2021, we had huge savings rates from consumers and we're probably still riding on the coattails of several government payment checks that happened in 2020 and 2021. I think ground beef is going to continue to move very favorably and therefore cull cow values will stay elevated for most, for all of this year. We're expecting that price not to dip below a year ago because I think that product will continue to to move very, very well at the retail level. And if you are paying attention to any sort of these companies that are that are talking about layoffs and changing menu prices, some of the surprising ones have been in the fast food space. Uh, McDonald's and some others have have made some business choices. And I think that's all pointing to maybe a little bit of restructuring on the consumer side. And someone brought up to me how expensive it is for a consumer to even go at one of those fast food chains that are relatively usually inexpensive and now maybe cost as much as what a sit down meal might have three years ago. And so that's a pretty big difference for the average consumer. Now, we did get used to cooking more at home during the pandemic. Did we lose a little bit of that? Probably. Are we going to see that come back? Maybe not to pandemic criteria standards, but 
I wouldn't be surprised to see lots of still cooking at home this summer, especially as we see beef prices approach very, very high levels moving forward. The interesting thing about the ground beef market too, it can be the mix. And if you look at where 90s are relative to the 50s, you know, there's a little bit of difference. They're both very high and elevated in terms of a price point, but also we're dealing with a lot less trim on the beef side as those as those slaughter numbers come down. And so that's going to have an impact on the 90s price at all. We're importing quite a bit of product as well, which is going to help that 90s price continue not maybe go so high so fast. But I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because you want to keep consumers eating beef. Yeah, I think as I look at what's happening, and, and you already mentioned this, is where is the pushback going to occur? And that's going to be very interesting, I think, as we move through the rest of 2023 into 2024 is uh, there's just fewer cattle to be harvested and there's uh, you know less product available. At what point do we, we reach a place where consumers start to trade maybe down for other beef products or uh, look at competing proteins as an alternative? And I think some of the macro environment indicators that we typically look at haven't given us as clear of signals as maybe they have in the past. So the Federal Reserve in their June meeting decided to pause the interest rate climb. So they're leaving, they're holding interest rate steady for now, which you know may indicate that things are at a point where maybe inflation is tamed, but it's still at a relatively high value, nowhere close to the two percent you know, that we were targeting a decade ago or so. And all those things are going to weigh in. The things I'm watching is what real disposable income is doing, which is actually lower than it has been. So you're seeing just an erosion of that ability to purchase things across the board for, for U.S. consumers. And the other piece to keep in mind is as much as we are maybe a domestic facing market for the beef industry, we do have quite a high volume still going to to our customers overseas. Now that can vary quite a bit country to country as all of those countries are in their own macro environment and challenges. Inflation very high in some countries. The dollar value has impact there as well. Trade agreements obviously have impact, but also, also how taste and preferences have changed, which is a little bit more of a moving target to guess at. You typically only see that after the fact where it's measurable and, and everything else is anecdotal. So when we look at, you know, China has been a huge driver for the U for US beef exports. Those numbers are coming down a little bit from what we saw before, but that was a relatively newly opened market to us back in 2017. And we had seen basically month over month increases in volume until until 2023. So some of it might be just finding what that market share really looks like as it is a relatively new market for us. But the other piece of this is, you know, China's announcing stimulus as well, and that their economy maybe isn't doing as well as it has in the past. And so all of those factors are compounding into into this picture and going to be an influence. We do have beef exports pulling back. But the thing to keep in mind is that the last two years have been new record high volumes. And so that's not all that unusual to see a pullback in that volume, especially when U.S. beef is fairly expensive. So a lot of factors shaping the market, a lot of things, obviously, that can change direction. As you work with producers, as you think about what's going on, what are some things you're encouraging folks to pay attention to in light of where the markets are currently, 
uh, things that you would really encourage producers to do as they think about their marketing strategy as we move through the next couple of years? I think probably the I get a much more specific question than that. Um, and we get asked quite a quite a bit about timing of built rebuilding herds. You know how to time the replacement market, and that's going to be somewhat difficult to do. But the things you can do to shore that up is going to be emphasis on you know rebuilding pastures if that's the case, and you've been through drought for several years building those haystocks back up, all of those are going to help provide some flexibility in your operation. So you're not in a situation where you may have to do as much involuntary culling as you have in the last three years. Now, weather will certainly have to cooperate to help that happen. Um, But we're going to be in a situation where the replacement cattle markets and, you know, bread heifers and things like that, that's probably all going to take off at once. And when it does, Prices are going to go very high, very fast, because it'll mean that large sections of the country are have the have the forage capability to handle more stocking density, et cetera. And so anything someone can do to kind of be a little bit ahead of that curve in terms of rebuilding their herd or, or adding or adding to their operation is going to help be helpful. For those that are not necessarily in that position where they'd like to add cow numbers, I think it's a it's an interesting. And it's, an inter- it's more interesting question because although prices have been really high, especially on the cow-calf side, expenses have been very high as well. And we have um, cow-calf returns increasing in 2023 and then showing numbers more similar to 2014 in 2024. And some of that is going to be dependent on how much higher some of those other costs are, things like labor, fuel, fertilizer, et cetera. And we have had a little bit of break this year on the fuel front, but for a large degree, anyone purchasing hay has probably found that it's astronomically expensive. And so getting yourself out of that kind of position, I think will be helpful, you know, either way. But I think at this point, you know, grass is going to kind of rule the next couple of years, what the forage capacity is and how we can best utilize that. One of the things that got my attention in looking through some of the data that you put out was the expected annual cow cost running around $965, I think $963. That's a pretty big number uh, in terms of cow cost. And obviously, there's a lot of producers who are going to be higher than that, especially when we look at what current hay prices have been, especially for fall of 2022, spring of 2023. As you look at what's happening with annual cow costs, what's your perspective with that? They have run up considerably since about 2021. And unfortunately, I don't see a lot of relief on that side because it's it's just tied to some of these other expenses that have continued to increase. I mean, the good news is we do expect the calf prices and the cull cow markets to keep up with that. And so as much as maybe the costs are increasing, um, as well as the revenue increasing, the margin isn't necessarily going to be that fantastic, um, but it is expected to be at a place where there could be some room for expansion. Yeah, the other thing that you mentioned earlier was interest rates. And as we look at those kind of annual cow cost operating budgets and and higher interest rates, we're potentially going to be borrowing more money at a higher interest. So uh, just spending total of more dollars on on money towards interest as well. So those are those are interesting things, I think, driving the market as well. 
It certainly is. And every operational, you know, is unique and different. And and so the question, I think, becomes how stretched do you want to become um, in anticipation of what will will be a, prob- a, a new record high in the cattle market? And we've already seen some of that already in uh, this year for the Fed cattle side. But I really think it's going to still be you know, maybe next year or the year after that you're going to see a new record high set for or a, a new all-time record high set for for the feeder cattle. And so positioning yourself anyway to capitalize on that's going to be important. And I don't necessarily have a great answer of how to <laughs> or a recipe of how exactly to do that, because I think it's really going to depend on the operation. But those interest costs are going to make you think twice about maybe over leveraging too. Anything else, Caitlin, as you look at this cattle market conditions and kind of an outlook that you think would be worth noting for producers as we move through the rest of 2023? I think it's been a really interesting time for the consumer side and one that we've probably talked more about recently. Because if you look at what's happened with pork pork demand in the last couple of months and chicken demand in the last couple of months, beef has still done really well. And and to a degree, it appears we're just not substituting away from beef the same way we may have thought we would have in other higher priced environments. And so I, I really believe that that's a testament to the quality of product that we're putting out there, that consumers are still willing to pay up. Now, I do think there's probably a limitation on that. And pork and chicken are fairly well positioned to to take over any of that uh, that consumption that may shift away from beef. On the pork side of things, it's been interesting to see how much pork seems to have been displaced by chicken. And that could be for a number of reasons, but an interesting an interesting thought anyway to have seen what pork cutout did this spring ahead of ahead of the Supreme Court decision on Prop 12. And now with Prop 12 looking like it is going to go into effect in California that's going to probably further pressure those pork prices. And so I think pork is going to be very attractive uh, from a price point to the consumer. It's just whether or not they're going to, at what point they shift down to some of those other proteins. Well, Caitlin, thanks again for joining me today. Appreciate your perspective and outlook on the market as we look to the rest of 2023. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, for more information on the conversation that we had today, looking at livestock market outlooks, prices going through the rest of this year, you can visit the Livestock Market Information website. Uh, there is a lot of good information there. And one thing I would mention, they have a In the Cattle Markets newsletter that comes out uh, periodically throughout the month. A lot of good perspectives there from ag economists across the central part of the United States who are in beef states. Would encourage you to consider look at some of the information they share. Uh, just again, lots of good information there on what's going on with the market and what may be shaping the market going forward.